Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For our radio audience here in Mississippi, WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in through online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could be with us as well. For those of us who are interested in our environment and ways that we can be able to teach others, I think you guys are going to really like this next segment. We're excited to welcome Serena Eccles to our podcast today. She's the author of the book, MC2, The Old Growth Forest. We're going to talk to her not only about the work that she's been able to devote her own life to, but also how this book is able to be able to share a story that's entertaining, but also inspiring for all ages as well. If you guys are just now finding out about MC2, I got my copy on Amazon. We'll remind you how you can be able to get yours as well. Serena, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Yes. Hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you guys for having me today. Yeah, the pleasure is definitely all mine. Congratulations again to you on the book. I know it's it's kind of a collaborative effort. We're going to get more into that, Serena. But what has it been like for you to see the way that people have been able to be entertained by the story you share, but also educated too? Yes, it has been such an amazing experience to be able to do the work and actually the hard research and pulling the invasive species and working with community members to restore the forest but also being able to create a team to share the story of the forest. And when people find out it's actually the research that I did, it's just the most amazing reaction that I've seen. So I think, you know, for for us, as we kind of read the book, um, Serena, and, and go through it, the thing that really struck me that I, that I like is that we're able to see not only, of course, you know, how, you know, people band together, uh, but also, of course, you know, the importance of doing so and the dangers that can be there when we don't take care of our environment. So I want to begin by talking to you about your own love of the environment. When did that begin? My love for the environment began when I was really young, probably about seven or eight years old. I used to garden cucumbers and plant perennial flowers with my grandmother. And then as I transitioned to high school and middle school, I was a part of a program in Chicago called Gardeners, which promoted urban gardening. And then when I came to Selman College for my undergrad, I wanted to be a doctor, but I took a class in environmental science, and I fell in love with it even more. And so I decided to pursue the environment and protecting it as well. Right, exactly. And and then you've been able to connect with others as well, and that's kind of led to, you know, where you are now with this particular book. I love the fact that as I was reading uh, MC2, and as I mentioned, I got the book through Amazon. I love the fact that you have individuals um, that talk about in the book about volunteering to become caretakers of MC2. I want to talk about that because I think a lot of times we take the – you know, the the planet, we take it for granted, right? When we wake up, it's here. You know, we get up. We don't really think about, you know, the things that, um, that, that it takes around us to make our life possible. What has that been like for you to share, Serena, how people can be able to better understand the world around them but also remember our, our way of being able to take care of it? Yes. So environmental stewardship, environmental justice, and environmental education are the three pillars that I was taught from the Western Land Watershed Alliance, which is the environmental organization that I volunteered with all throughout my time at Spelman and the location of the Outdoor Activity Center 
is where Msitu the Old Growth Forest is. So Msitu the Old Growth Forest is based on an urban old growth forest located in Atlanta, Georgia. And so at that organization, they taught me the importance of environmental stewardship, which is us to being caretaker for the environment. Because without the earth, without the environment, we are nothing. And I feel like we're so far from everything and all the resources that we have, but all the resources come from the environment, from the wood and the steel and just all the natural, even water. Water is such a resource that we use all the time, but a lot of people may take it for granted. And so just being able to cultivate people's love and relationship with nature and get them connected, get their hands down and dirty to remove the invasives, and then starting to love for the environment at a young age. And so that's why I decided to create a children's book because all ages learn from this book. However, it's easy enough for, you know, younger children to understand so they can start to invest in environment at an early age. Serena, let's talk more about that because that is one thing that comes through in the book. Uh, the the statement is in the book, in the heart of MC2, the caretakers knew their work was never done. They were a dedicated group, always striving to preserve the, the delicate balance of the forest. And I love the fact that you have, you can tell that these are people of different ages there as well. Um, how important has that been for you to share, as you were just saying, Serena, with young people that they can have a role too in making sure that they're taking care of the of the, of the planet and the environment? Absolutely, absolutely. That photo actually is a real photo of all of the staff members that work at the Western Land Watershed Alliance. And so it's so amazing to have them featured in the book, but also pushing because they educate you. They have different environmental camps there that they're able to share the knowledge and actually get the students and youth engaged in the knowledge as well. And so it's just amazing being a part of an organization and being a part of a place where you can always come back. Like the work is never done. There will always be ways to cultivate and steward our environment. Yeah, such a great thing. For those who are joining us via the podcast, Serena, they're seeing a picture of you uh, with the book. What has that been like for you to add the title of author to your name? It has been a surreal experience. I did not know when in 2019 when I started my journey at Stoneman College that I would graduate as a published author. The story behind that is actually very, very uh, interesting. I was at the Environmental Justice Summit in Atlanta, Georgia, in May after my graduation and we kind of had a soft launch at the Watershed Alliance. We printed some copies of the book that me and three of my other Spelman sisters decided to put together and at the conference I was speaking on a panel from the HBC Green Fund which is the imprint company that published my book and also a fellowship that I was a part of during my time at Spelman College. Amazing organization. And I was on the panel and Towards the end of the panel, um, the founder, Ms. Felicia Davis, she said, Serena, Serena, go grab your book out of my purse. And it was like one of the little printed copies of the book. And I kind of said, hey, if there's any publishers out there that would love to publish a children's book, um, you know, I'm open. And then by the next Monday, I was on the phone with DSJ Publishing, which is a Morehouse alum publishing company. And I was able to publish my book and be able to reach audiences that I never even knew that my research was going to reach 
Yeah. As I mentioned, I got it through Amazon, and we're going to remind our audience how they can be able to do it. Serena, you have a connection, too, to my home state of Mississippi, where we're still on the radio dial as well. Talk to us about what it's been like for you to show other people what they can do, no matter where they're from. Yes, and so I love to inspire people to start off small, whether it's a little garden, whether it's having fresh roses in their house, or even, like, bringing a reusable bag to the store. You don't have to live, you know, in a place that's surrounded by nature to take care of nature and to steward nature. You can do it from far or you can do it from up close. Also, taking the time out to ground yourself. I always tell people, you know, when you're gardening or when you're doing volunteer work at a nature preserve, take that time to breathe in the fresh air and give thanks to how Mother Earth has provided us with all of these resources. And also nature is beautiful as well. And so it's just amazing to inspire people and get them to do the work as well. And my research is based off of three years of removing invasives from the forest and then tracking how healthy the forest grow back. So it's, it's like a feeling of relief to know that, you know, you're helping a forest restore its balance as well. Yeah. I certainly want to talk about that because I think, I mean, the way that it's, it's explained in the book, I think, is uh, it's very educational, um, but it's also done in such a way that I think it's great for classrooms to be able to talk about it because as you were just talking about the invasive, that's a term I don't, I don't remember ever hearing that term before. But as you write about in the book, you talk about, of course, the new plants that kind of change things, right? And and for our audience and for myself even to think about, you don't think about, okay, when there are more plants, that means they are, just like with any other thing, they're competing for the same resources. What has that been like for you to explain that process, especially to young people, how that works and why there has to be something done about that to make sure that that things like the MC2 um, is able to be able to thrive? So I always start with the word balance because I feel like that's um, easy enough to understand. And then also that's how I transition to um, equity equality as well. And so when I talk about balance, I'm like, okay, things need to be in balance, but balance doesn't always necessarily mean equal. Sometimes people need a little bit more help and support. And just like this forest needs a little bit more help and support because it was disturbed by an outside resource. And sometimes things aren't disturbed by outside resources, and they still need a little bit extra care, support, and nurturing for them to thrive. And so I explain it to it in a way where it brings, you know, the social science part, but also easy enough to understand, like, you can do your part as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that is, again, the role that people can be able to play. I also love the fact the way it's worded in here when it comes to uh, the invasive plants. Uh, what, what you all wrote in the book is this, Serena, though they did not mean to cause any harm, the invasive species got bigger and stronger with the abundance of resources available when the native plants were not active. I think that also helps them, especially young people, to better understand that, you know, plants just doing what plants do. <laughs> You know, I mean, they're like they're trying to thrive like everything else. You know, but did it? I'm sure it wasn't lost on you, uh, Serena, that there will be people because I know I did it 
who will equate this to what we do as human beings too. What was that like for you to think about how we as humans are really just doing what these plants do? Absolutely, absolutely. And it was a very crucial part for me to include that in the book that they did not mean to cause any harm. And sometimes you may have to, you know, clean up a mess that you not did not directly cause. However, it's all for the greater good. And so to educate people directly and indirectly, for example, even what an invasive species means and to be like displacement. Displacement is a really big word. Gentrification is a really big word. But, however, you can learn about these things in a small scale and understand how this has an effect on people, plants, things. It's all a system that works together. And Musisi is actually the Swahili word for forest. So whether readers know it or not, they're actually learning a word in a different language. And that's kind of, you know, paying homage to my um, African ancestry and then also my Mississippi ancestry and then just being paying homage to everything and everybody who made me who I am. It's a great story and great work that you've been able to do along with your friend, Serena. I'm so glad to be able to speak with you about it. Again, everyone, Serena Eccles has been our guest. The book is MC2, The Old Growth Forest. It is available now through our friends at Amazon.com. But, Serena, there are other places people can get the book, too. Let them know how to stay connected with you and how else they can get the book. Yes, so the book is available on Amazon, Musitu, the Old Growth Forest. It's also available on our Instagram, Musitu underscore book. You spell it M-S-I-T-U underscore book. Also, it's available on jsjpublishing.com and at some of your local bookstores as well. And I just want to thank you so much for having me on this talk show and listening to my story. Yeah, look, glad to do it. Glad to be able to have you on and definitely looking forward to speaking with you again. Thanks again. Have a great one. You too. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care. <laughs> 